Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Vibe and High with Veronica. Thank you so much for joining me today on another amazing episode. Today's episode, we're going to be talking to the amazing Sabria. Sabria and I go way back, back in the day, back into our high school days. We recently reconnected and realized that we're both on this amazing spiritual journey, and we thought it'd be awesome to share some of the tips and tricks that she's had to be able to help everybody on this spiritual path. Some of the topics we'll be covering during this interview will be things related to conscious parenting, some of the financial aspects of being able to live a spiritually abundant life, and topics on the four agreements, and many more things that she's learned along the way. So stay tuned. Hello, Sabria, and welcome back to the show. Hi, Veronica. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here once again. Uh, we had technical difficulties the first time around, uh, but we're back and we're going to make this happen. But before we get started, did you want to share a little bit about who you are, how we know one another, and why we're doing this interview today? Yeah, so my name is Bree. Veronica and I met in high school at Albany High what seems like so long ago, and um, we have kind of kept in contact throughout the years intermittently, um, and you started doing this podcast, which I think is fantastic and super informative, and uh, since one of your topics is all about, you know, frequency and vibes and um, just resonating with the universe and being in tune with yourself, I can relate to that 100%, and there's a lot of practices that I participate in. Um, to make sure that I do stay in alignment. And I just wanted to talk to you about it on here. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, as you know, it is one of my favorite talk topics to talk about is spirituality. And that's everything that I talk about on my channel and more. So um, to kind of get things started, yes, Bri and I have known each other for many years now. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. you know, I like to think of things as, you know, letting things flow as they will. And we reconnected and realized, wow, we have, we still have things in common even years later. And uh, one of those things is um, our spiritual awakening. So the big topic today on the interview will be about kind of, you know, how your, your spiritual awakening has changed your life and what are some things that it's brought to your life? How has it changed your perspective on the way you see things and so let's start maybe with when did you realize you're changing spiritually I think it happened um I think it happened in segments so I I definitely know there was some form of spiritual awakening shift or movement when I became a mom so when I was pregnant with my son, I just had all of these ideas and all of these, you know, visions and desires for his future. And I was really, you know, wanting to be in tune with him while he was in, in utero um, and just kind of building a stronger relationship with God, the universe, you know, that, that powerful entity um, that's described in various ways by many different cultures, right? Right. Um, and then I also noticed the shift when I went back to school and I got my degree in imaging and I was one of those people who really struggled with um, school in high school. I really struggled with figuring out what I wanted to do with my future. 
Um, did I want to go to college? If I did, what was I going to do <laughs> within college? Like, what was the ultimate goal? And just being like lost in translation while everybody else seemed to have their lives kind of figured out. And so, um, in the process of me going back to school and me, me learning about imaging MRI specific, um, I just really had to focus and be dedicated and be committed to myself and just push myself to go beyond where I thought I could go before. And I think just that hyper focus and that attention on just encouraging myself day to day was another segment in my shift in becoming um, more accepting of my learning process of you know building a stronger relationship with the universe being more in alignment saying more positive affirmations and um, kind of like reaching the goal of getting the degree which I at one point I really thought that was unattainable especially since my family tend to have lots of degrees cousins um, parents grandparents like all most people in my family have degrees and like masters and PhDs and things like that. So when I was like struggling just to like get the basics out of the way, it was really um, discouraging. Right. And then I feel like more recently over the past two years, uh, again, I've just been super focused on what I want to do, who I want to be, how I want my son to live his life, how I want me to live my life like what that really looks like and then staying on course to actually reach those goals. That's awesome. So how has that impacted your relationship with your son now? Uh, it impacts it greatly. So we do a lot of, I think we do a lot of therapy in the house. <laughs> I'm not a therapist, but we do lots of talking, like let's talk this out. And sometimes, you know, kids don't want to talk about however they're feeling. And sometimes it's hard for them to articulate what they're really feeling. It's hard for them to really um, identify what happened for them to be feeling a certain way that they are in that moment. And so um, if using our words doesn't work in that moment, I do have sound baths with my son. And it's just going on YouTube, literally typing in like sound bath music, finding one that I like, and then having us lay on the living room floor and taking several deep breaths while listening to this music to calm our nerves, calm our bodies, um, reflect, give us a moment to kind of reflect on what transpired when we get so angry or frustrated or whatever the emotion is where we weren't able to communicate effectively. And then after, you know, five to eight minutes, it's not that long. I mean, my son's nine, so he doesn't have like a long attention span and just lay on the floor. Right, right. But, you know, after we spend a couple of minutes doing that, then it's easier for both of us to um, be open to whatever the other person had to say and be open to whatever their experience was, which I feel like leads to better communication and understanding. That's awesome. You know, there's probably so many parents out there right now that are looking for different ways to parent. And mm -hmm. I think we're, we're shifting into an age where like conscious parenting is really important. I think a lot of parents are wanting to know, like, how do I raise a spiritually conscious child? for 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 their own good right not just because we think it's the right thing to do I think it's because like you mentioned emotionally it makes them stronger mm -hmm. it helps especially ch children like you said they don't have a really long attention span they are still learning how to work through their emotions and being able to give them an outlet to being able to release some of that energy I think a lot of the times a lot of us parents like we're new you know to parenting we don't we 
take a tantrum as just a tantrum. We take it for what we think it is, but there's so much more energy behind that and so many more emotions that we're not understanding hormones, all of these things. And I think in the past, we all just, we get in trouble. We get spanked or, you know, Mm -hmm. go to your room. But I think we're, we're evolving into an age where a lot of us realize like, no, these emotions are valid and we have to teach our children to um, discover them and decide, okay, what's really happening here? So you giving him an outlet, like a sound bath. I think that's awesome. You know, yeah. are there any other techniques, other things that you could share with us that could help other parents out there that are probably wanting to pull their hair out because maybe they have, you know, a teenager, especially the teenage years. How old is your son again? Well, he's nine, so I don't know anything about the teenage years. I think okay, it's all right. You know, terrifying, but <laughs> it's I, okay. Nine <laughs> years old, they're like preteens. <laughs> right, but in regards, like when he was a little bit younger, we would do the calming corner, and so that's literally where you just have a space in uh, the child's room, and you have, there's lots of sensory objects. So maybe something that's really soft and plushy, something that's like chilly or like slime or. Um, something that's, you know, not sharp to hurt them, but has like more pointier edges, something that's hard. And it just literally gives them time to be in their own personal space around their items and kind of distract them from the argument or the tantrum or the, the heightened energy um, that's not vibrating with the rest of the family at the moment. Right. Um, to really, and it gives them a moment to kind of just reflect. Um, on their level though, you know, and then again, when you come and chat with them in three to five minutes, you say, hey, do you want to talk about like how you were feeling? Or let's talk about like the behavior that was just displayed, like how do you feel about it? What do you, what do you think that was about? I think that it has, in my experience, that has worked as well, but that worked better when Silas was like a little bit younger. Now he's just kind of just like, I'm going to go to my room. <laughs> he knows now kind of what to do. Right. Yeah, but that's great because I think a lot of kids, they don't know, you know, like the parents don't know, the child doesn't know, so they just get angry at each other. <laughs> right. Yeah, and it is it is challenging. I have had some moments where I had to take a step back and be like, okay, am I making this situation worse or better? Because I'm just getting even more angry. And even though, you know, parents have had decades, lots of times to figure out how to communicate with other people, but we have to realize we're talking to little versions of ourselves right. and just be patient with the little person that you created, the little version of you, the piece of you that's still in the process of growing and learning and evolving and figuring things out for themselves. I couldn't agree more. Patience is key with parenting. Mm-hmm. We don't always all possess it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I think, like you said, you know, there are little versions of us. So who better to parent than, you know, us, you know, because we, we know we've, we've been through or when we can see a little bit of us in them, it's a reflection, right? It's a mirror. Right. Right. Exactly. So um, are there other parents that you kind of resonate with that you guys, you guys can kind of talk about this with, or do you feel like, is there a difference between your child and other children around you? Like, do you see the benefits of what you're doing compared to maybe other children who are struggling a little bit more? I'm really particular about the kids that Sai hangs out with outside of school, right? So like our close friends and things, I'm very particular on the way the parents parent. Like if you, the way you parent isn't, um, not compatible, but if I'm not a big fan of the choices that you make in regards to parenting your son, um, or your kid, 
and it doesn't resonate with me, we probably won't be hanging out with you. And a lot of people think, well, dang, really, that's so harsh. But no, it's it's reality because how, you know, a person parents their kids and how the kid reacts to whatever kind of parenting style that is, is going to affect my son if they hang out often, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, when kids are at school, there's that's something I can't really control. But all I can do is educate my son on how to be confident in himself, stand up for himself, and make sure that he moves in, you know, kindness and love. And, and when it's necessary, you know, step outside of that comfort zone and speak up. Right. But um, I don't know. I feel like all of my peers, all of my friends and acquaintances who have kids, we do talk a lot about, you know, what's happening with our kids, especially our boys, like right now, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm a single mom raising um, a young, strong, proud Black man. That's the goal. And how do I make sure that he has everything that he needs to be great in every aspect of his life, in most aspects of our lives, right? Because I'm I'm human. I'm not perfect. I just do my best. And so a lot of us are going through the same situations and we kind of just toss ideas back and forth, whether it's they just need more male attention. So um, maybe he needs to go hang out with his uncle (laughs) before they go fishing (laughs) or go hiking with like you know, his, his coach, because we, we built really great relationships with some of um, size coaches and things um, and built that community. And so if I feel like he's lacking in something, I tend to reach out to my community and say like, Hey, this is going on. What do you think? How can I pivot? How can I, what do I need to do? Like, what's your opinion? And I feel like we're pretty great. Crossing ideas back and forth. Yeah. Right. That's awesome. What advice would you would you have for maybe a parent out there who is maybe realizing kind of what you said? You said you don't really have acquaintances um, that just don't resonate with your parenting style. Mm-hmm. So what advice do you have for someone out there who maybe is realizing, oh, man, like I need to start changing, you know, the people that I'm hanging around with? Like, how how would you go about doing that? I think you have to be strong, like you have to be strong-minded enough to say this isn't working. And then you have to be um, conscious enough to, and brave enough to want to try something different, right? Because if you're used to a certain parenting style, and used to like a certain amount of people, like certain types of people who parent a certain way, who talk to the kids a certain way, who behave in a certain way, sometimes you feel, um, or people can feel like outsiders when you try to join a different group right? Like, oh, maybe they're not going to like, like me. Maybe they're not going to like accept me. You just have to be open to the idea of joining some other groups of people that are going to make you uncomfortable. But within the uncomfortability, you're going to learn something new. And then you just try the things that you feel will resonate best for you and your child. If it works, fantastic. If it doesn't, try again. <laughs> right. You don't want to go back <laughs> to like the same thing just because you were comfortable with this group, just because you're familiar with how they behave, you know? Right. Yeah. Very true. It, it reminds me of uh, actually just last week, I was listening to Eckhart Tolle. Uh, I'm not sure if you're, if you're familiar with his work. He wrote the book, The Power of Now. Awesome book. Mm-hmm. And uh, he talks about conscious parenting. And he's, you know, he's not a parent himself. But he mentioned the idea that, you know, parents were so used to the, most of our interactions with our children 
or don't do something or I need you to do something. Mm-hmm. Like stop something or do something. It's constantly, most of the interactions right. are that, right? Right. So the child like starts growing this, you know, idea of themselves. They're just like, okay, what, you know, do I have any other identity besides being always told what to do or what not to do? And the the bonding and the relationship building between parents sometimes and the children isn't always there because we're, we forget that it's not just about them you being a, you know, a child and you telling them what to do all day. It's, it's a human being that you create into this world and they need to be able to identify with who they are as an individual and as a person and to be able to connect with them in other ways, you know, like what actually are you doing with your child throughout the day? Are you taking the time to actually listen to what they're saying to you? Like really listen to them. Are you playing? You know, a child asks you to play with them. It's not really just playing. It's they're asking for more. They're asking for connection. They're asking right. for your time. They're asking for your attention in some kind of way. They're asking for love. You know, it's not just playing. So I know myself make a point like, well, for the most part, when my daughter asks me to play with her, I'll, I'll, I'll stop what I'm doing. I'll play if I can, right? In that moment, for the most part, um, because I know it's not just, oh, she wants me to play with her. It's so much more than that. Mm-hmm. So it can, that's really interesting. So <clears throat> what are some maybe other tools in your, in your spiritual tool belt that you'd say could help other parents out there or that maybe that's, that's worked for you in the past when it comes to parenting? One of the most important things that I didn't learn until more recently is that you have to set aside time for yourself to just be either be by yourself or go have fun with your peers. Um, and I know for a really long time, I was just in like mommy mode nonstop. This is who I am now. Like I'm not even Brie, I am Silas's mom. <laughs> that is, that's my <laughs> title. And so, um, and even though it's a fantastic title and I love being in it, it is so important for me to, um, have him go hang out with his, you know, like a friend that I trust, some, a family member, um, so I can go hang out with my own peers and, you know, go do whatever it is that we do, whether it's a quick trip to Vegas or we just went to Puerto Rico <laughs> like a month and a half ago, um, just doing something that is literally just for me, just my own outlet so I can step away from the mommy mom for a while and uh, enjoy who I am in this stage of my life. I couldn't agree more with that statement. Mm Self-care. Yes. Yes. I can vouch for that too. There's days where I'm like, okay, I'm taking a trip to Dona by myself and I'll be back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Like I'll be back. I just need a minute. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So that's awesome. Um, And I think that's great because like you said, I think I mean, in order for us to be the best version that we can be for our children, we have to take care of ourselves first because if we don't, who will? Right? Right, exactly. Definitely. So now that you've, I mean, you started this journey basically when you got pregnant and you know your son was in utero. So now that your relationship with your son has evolved this way, would you say that there's other relationships in your life that also have evolved because of your not your newfound perspective on you know how you view the world? Absolutely, I think I'm I'm just very cautious of my personal space uh, in general. Um, 
especially after I had my my little person. It was I was very much that person like, oh, you need to wash your hands and use hand sanitizer <laughs> before you touch them. Um, <laughs> but now I feel like even though I'm cautious with my space, I'm I'm open. I'm more open to allowing new people into my personal space, um, friends, um, acquaintances, and like. Um, what are they called? <laughs> Business associates. <laughs> I feel like there's another term for them. But I just, I, before I was like really closed off to the world. And now I feel like I'm, I'm a lot more open, um, not only for myself, but for my son. Like it's important for him to see my interactions with um, people from different aspects of my life. Right. Uh, so he can learn how to, how to navigate and how to communicate in, in various arenas. Definitely. Awesome. Do you feel like, did you grow closer to some people? People you didn't expect that you would? I, I feel like I, I had to let several people go. Okay. Um, I feel like it was the time for me to say, okay, um, I appreciate the times that we had together, but we're not on the same, we're not moving in the same direction at this point. Uh, and just being okay with that and saying, you know, we're not leaving on bad terms. Like, I still love you. I just can't spend a lot of time with you right now in this, in this segment of my life and yeah. being okay with that. And even if you're upset, being like, it's, it's all right. Like, we're good. Um, right. So, yeah. So now I'm just open to, to allowing new people into, into my life, which is still a very big deal for me, again, because I'm, I'm extremely, like, closed off. Like, I like people, but arms length away. Like, I <laughs> put talk to you but not everybody to my house and I I'm trying not to be so closed off so right were you protecting your yourself your and your son and your guys's energy yes Mm -hmm. and I think that when you're um I kind of did this similarly like when the beginning of my spiritual awakening I was in a different way I didn't want to hear anything negative for example like I didn't want to hear anything negative it was not part of my reality you know Mm-hmm. So maybe for you and your, in, from your perspective, it's the people around you, you protect your energy. And I think that's okay, right? You'll know, like you said, you're kind of, now you're realizing, okay, maybe it's time to kind of ease off a little bit. You've worked on creating a good foundation for you and your son where, okay, maybe we can start letting some people in. Right. Yeah. You've learned, you learned some of the lessons you needed to learn, you know? So I think that's really good. Speaking of lessons, what do you think going through through this journey? What are some lessons you've had to learn the hard way? Oh, what are lessons I've had to learn the hard way? I think holding on to the past simply because you know this person has been in my life for so long, like allowing time to determine how much additional time I'm going to spend with other people. You know, right? Like, oh, I've known them except for ten years you know, 12 years, 15 years, whatever it is, and saying we've, you know, we've had such um, a connection and we've been bonded because we've gone through X, Y, and Z. Good, bad, or indifferent, but that doesn't mean that just because all that time has passed means you need to be anchored to this person forever or these people forever and understanding that there's a time and a season for every relationship. And that can be, you know, an interaction at a grocery store and you just say hello and move on. 
or it's somebody who you can have known for 20 years and despite how they may have treated you, it's just not working for you in this moment. So I think right. it's just acknowledging that everybody's loyalty has an expiration date. Who said that? I think Steve Harvey said that. <laughs> I love Steve Harvey. Expiration date. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. I read his book when I was uh, single. The what's it called? Uh, think like a act like think a lady, like a think man. like a man. Yeah, so, yeah. That is a good book. Yeah. <laughs> I learned some good things. From it? Yeah, you're married now. So. Yeah, it works, yeah. guys. <laughs> Actually, it's true. I I read that book probably maybe two years before. I met Ben, my husband, <laughs> but I was yeah single at the time. And I was like going through scenarios in the book, like at the time that I was able to like, you know, put into place like, or put into work at, at the time. And, I, and I, so I know for a fact, like his stuff is, yeah, I, I still have the book somewhere in my, in my bin of things. <laughs> Good job, <Steve> Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So speaking of books, what are some books that you would recommend to our listeners that have helped you in during your journey? I think Glow Kids um, is a book that all parents would read. It just talks about um, how we're in an age where kids are being raised by screens um, and what it does to their minds and how to reduce the amount of screen time your kids have um, and how important it is. So that's one. Uh, as an adult, as a grown person, I think it's important to read Before Agreement. And I used to read Before Agreement. It's a really short read, too. It's really quick. You can okay. barely finish it in a couple days or a night if you're like a super fast reader. But um, Before Agreements have four things that you should kind of like live by, like agreements that you have with yourself, with your own mental on a day-to-day, right? So the first one is... Mm-hmm. Be impeccable with your words, which just means be mindful of what you say and what you don't say. Just be intentional with the things that you allow to come out of your mouth. And then don't take anything personally because however someone reacts to you or responds to you is based off their own personal experiences. It literally has very little to do with you as an individual. Um, And the third one was never make assumptions, which I think was one of the most challenging parts for myself. (laughs) I'm always trying to analyze Okay, well, if they did this, that means they thought X, Y, and Z. Okay, but now I'm having a conversation with myself and not with the person, so I really don't know what they were thinking, right? Which tends right. to, you know, muster up feelings that don't even have to be valid. And then the fourth one was, is do your best every single day. And when you make these four agreements with yourself every day in your daily actions, you'll start to notice that um, how the outside world responds to you is irrelevant because you're happy with the way that you move through life. You're happy with the way that you have conducted yourself because you've done your best. You're being mindful and conscious of the things that you're saying, how you interact with people. Nothing that anybody else feels about you is going to affect you in any way because you don't take anything personally. <laughs> so, right. You know, so I think that book is, is essential to just um, being self-aware and being comfortable with the way that you think and the way that you live. I love that. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing those. I yeah. need to, I've always heard about the book and I haven't read it. So I gotta make sure I put that on my list. 
Yeah, no, I feel like my both my parents at different times gave me this book when I was like in high school and I never read it. <laughs> so I, you know, I was like 30 and I bought the book myself because obviously That's I don't so know where copies are. And I was like, oh, I read this a long time ago. This is fantastic. <laughs> well, you weren't ready for it. Right. Not at all. Nope. My parents both told me for years to meditate for years and they tried one time. I was like, nah, this isn't for me mm-hmm. <laughs> until I actually wanted to. So it's like, until you're ready, you know, it will actually click. You weren't ready at the time. So right. now you were. For sure. I used to think meditating was weird. Like you weirdo. <laughs> Get off the yeah. floor. <laughs> right. I know it is. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> So in your opinion, what is one of the best ways to attain happiness? One of the best ways to attain happiness. That one's a little more challenging than I. <laughs> I, <think laughs> I know. I get challenging know. questions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, how do you obtain happiness? I think happiness, because I've tried to find happiness um, for a very long time and I was really struggling with being happy happy or joyous internally right I think the best way to be happy is to find the things that you like to do right so find discover who you are discover what you like to do who you like to hang around the conversations you like to have Uh, what do you what do you enjoy right right and I think once you find out who you really are or what it is that you really enjoy doing and you start living your life based off of what you enjoy, uh, your kids are going to resonate with you better just because you're going to be a happier individual. Right. Very true. So and who are you, Sabrina? Who am I? What? <laughs> I See, okay, so before, when you asked me that question, I would have said, I'm Silas's mom. And even though right. I am... I am even more than Silas's mom. I really enjoy day trips and I enjoy like maintaining my bedroom. And I, that may sound a little weird to some, but I really enjoy like decorating my bedroom. For me to have big plush pillows and like really nice duvets and just to make my bed look so comfortable and inviting, that is one of the things that like make me so happy <laughs> I know what you uh, mean I, yeah. I make my bed every day I got I got you girl <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah I like to spend time with my sister I feel like we have a really dope bond um and even though she's my sister like I've always loved my sister you know we've had our, our moments that were tumultuous and challenging but I feel like now we're both in a space where we respect and love each other on a whole new level like I've always done my sister because she's my sister but now I like respect her as a boss lady you know right. like I look yeah. up to her even though I'm the older one like I look up to her and I reach out to her for advice and I you know we just have a totally different stronger bond now than I feel like we had before um, that's so great I love that mm-hmm. and I just I love being successful and I feel like my father who um, owned a couple of businesses. Um, he passed away in 2019, but he always tried to instill 
certain aspects into me and my sister's life. And a lot of times I didn't feel like I would understand what he was talking about. Like it just, it didn't resonate with me. I didn't understand it until I got older and um, I started actually making my own professional moves. And now as I hit certain milestones, I like reflect and be like, oh my gosh, dad, like you really said this some time ago. <laughs> like you, like why wasn't it connecting before, you know? Right. So um, I just enjoy making him proud because I feel like he can still like see my successes and things. Um, and I see a lot of myself in, in my actions. I see a lot of him within my actions now. Right. I know what you mean. You get older and you're like, oh, this is what they were talking about. Why couldn't I see it sooner? Right. Right. So, yeah. That's, That's awesome. <laughs> so Piggyback <laughs> on that a little bit. So we sometimes don't realize that we kind of have an internal dialogue, you know, with ourselves. Like you mentioned earlier, like sometimes you're having a conversation with yourself about something. <laughs> oh, I talk to myself all the time. If all the time, right? Yourself, something is wrong. <laughs> right, right. So to touch on that topic, what is the story that you're telling about yourself all the time? What do I tell myself? So because what, I what is the story? The story? What do you mean? Elaborate on that. The story something. you're telling about yourself. So like, you know, when you meet somebody or when you're talking to yourself, you know, within having those internal dialogues, who is the, who who is the person you're speaking about like who mm-hmm. is that person what story are you saying about who you truly are i'm saying she's a dope ass mom that's right to, <laughs> there you go you know, who likes to yes. sell, who loves to invest who really enjoys like planning out her life like i right. realized how much of a planner i really was like i live by my wall calendar Right. So if I don't have my wall calendar, my life falls apart. So I, <laughs> I have to, and that's for everything. That's for my bills. That's for my son's activities. That's for like my playdates with my adult friends. That's like for my entire life. I think that I have become and grown into a fun, relatable, um, brilliant, honest individual. And I love that about me. And I feel like it took me a really long time to be like, Damn, sweetie, you're so dope. Like, you know a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah, know? that's right, girl. You know a lot of <laughs> stuff. You know, you know, you may know a little about a lot, but you still know a lot. And I feel like a lot of times with my peers and my friends, I'm able to help them with um, various things from housing market to parenting or suggestions on schools and school after school programs and extracurriculars and just self-care stuff, restaurants, doesn't matter like what it is, because I feel like I do a lot now for me and right. before I was, I was living for my son. Um, and even though I do a lot for my son, I'm, I'm living for me now, which is new. Yeah. Good for you. You probably feel like, okay, he's, um, well, you know, he, he technically is out of the, 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 the programmable ages, if you will, zero to mm-hmm. seven is when they're creating the programs. He's nine right. now. So I think subconsciously you kind of realize, okay, like the program stage is over. You can relax a little bit, you know, and kind of see some of those programs play out now. That doesn't mean you're like, you know, your job is done, but you probably feel a little bit of that burden lifted off of your shoulders, if you will. I do feel like he's, you know, he's a little older now, so he's able to 
speak up for himself he's more conscious and aware of his own feelings and his own surroundings and you know the other day with the or i think it was a couple weeks ago his friend said hey let's go to the movies and it was like him and like four or five friends then he went to the movies by themselves like <laughs> that was oh. never happened before <laughs> right so we're going into like this new stage this new era um where they're where they're more independent and you know i gave them 20 bucks so we could have a good time and it was, a, it was a new thing for both of us so i'm kind of just like oh my gosh i gave him my, my son some money and he can just like go hang out and i'm comfortable enough for, with his peers and his peers parents to know that they're good kids and they're going to stay together and they're going to like you know be respectful and mindful and all the things oh that is a big milestone for both of you yeah oh man i'm not ready for that (laughs) but my daughter's still four so i'm okay (laughs) right right you have some time so it sounds to me like you know you already know the kind of girl you were in high school always super positive and like bubbly and that's how i am that's probably why we always got along we're both cheerleaders mm-hmm. <laughs> so it seems to me like for the most part you you really do a really good job at you know trying your best at staying in alignment staying at that high vibe staying at that mm-hmm. high vibration as much as you can what do you do to practice staying in alignment and then what do you do when you feel like you're, you know, kind of getting out of alignment? So I don't do this as often as I should, but I do write down my affirmations and um, specifically like I'll write down one affirmation, one specific one, like 25 times. Right. Right. Um, I heard about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll, I'll do that when I'm, when I'm in sync with it <laughs> I will do that right. every single day. Uh, and it's, it's intentional, right? Like it's deliberate. Like I literally have to set aside time, whether it's super early in the morning after I first wake up or before I go to bed to write down my intentions for my life. Um, and then I also just journal and write down like how I'm feeling and what successes I've had and what downfalls I may have had that day and how I can improve in x y and z whether like i'm at work like i need to resonate with my team a lot better like somebody is really being disrespectful or somebody is speaking to me in a way that is not working how do i speak to them in a way that's respectful but efficient and let them know watch your tone like <laughs> i have right. those kind of conversations with myself i write down stuff like that all the time <laughs> that's awesome oh and i also Please. listen to frequency music that's a big thing for me Nice. Very nice. That, that's always very helpful. Mm-hmm. You've mentioned success quite a couple of times, uh, quite a few times uh, during the interview. So I wanted to ask you, in your opinion, how would you define what the meaning of success is? I think as long as you're scaling in whatever it is you're doing, you're successful. So if it's um, in the corporate world, if you, you know, a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, you were in a certain position and now you bumped yourself up or you've been able to get a promotion or you have learned other skills and got a whole new position that increased your income, then you're successful in your own right. Um, If you feel like you have needed to take some parenting courses or go to therapy and anger management and you're actually using those tools, you can see a difference in yourself from six months ago to a day. That's a form of success. So I think success is, is totally relative. Um, and it's kind of up to you, right? It's all a journey. It's all a process. 
And it's all about enjoying the process, which takes a lot of work because the process is hard. It's challenging. It's meant to be difficult. Um, But just learning how to uh, understand that the end result is never the end. It's just like a pit stop. Like, okay, cool. I reached this level. Now what? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I need to go do something else. So I was talking to my sister the other day. And she said, what do you consider to be like successful? Like, how do you, how do you, if someone reaches a certain um, income level, what does that look like for you? And I said, well, I think if an individual with or without multiple children makes $250,000 a year, that is reaching a level of success. Like you're kind of good as long as you you know, invest your money properly and wisely and still have like a budget for all your things, but you can live very well on 250 a year. And she looked at me puzzled, like, that's it. (laughs) Wait a minute. What's the problem? Like, what do you consider? And she's like easily $500,000 a year as a single individual. And she's like, that's for somebody who's like traveling and genuinely living their life. And you have to understand her life is very busy um like she her friends will call her and be like hey we're taking a catamaran catamaran trip next month are you coming she'll be like yeah (laughs) that's the way she leaves she says yes no one ever says yes (laughs) right it's just it's real simple like oh we're doing this oh we're going to canada next month or in two weeks it doesn't matter what it is she's always like down to go so i just i know our perspectives are vastly different I just thought it was really interesting that she was like, no, no, you're not successful until you reach a half a million dollars a year (laughs) and you know how to invest your money properly. Right. Well, on the flip side, what if somebody does have half a million dollars, but they're miserable? Is that success? No. Well, maybe in their eyes from in, in a different way though, right? Like, okay, I've reached this financial success, but emotionally I'm destroyed. So no right (laughs) exactly so I think uh it comes down to I think success can mean in my opinion I think it means you know like like you were saying just well I could be miserable or you know I hate my life and but I have all this money but what do you do then you know if you're not truly happy with all that money is that really success is Mm -hmm. success what we've been conditioned to believe is financial, you know, it's correlated to finance, it's correlated to money. But what if it wasn't even ever supposed to be about money? Mm-hmm. What if it's meant to be about the value that you ha- give to your life and your relationships, right. the bonds you have with your your son, your, you know, or your daughter, your family, your mom, your dad, your husband, your wife, like the value you put on that to me has no price. Mm-hmm. So somebody could have, like you said, 250000 and they could be the most successful person in their life because they think that they, that they are, right? right? And if they can do, and then like for your sister's point of view, for her, her, her style of living, she needs to make more so she can keep up with her lifestyle, exactly. right? To her, mm-hmm. that is her success, right? To yeah. you, you said 250 It's like, well, we each have like our own kind of playing field of what we consider successful, right? Yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was an interesting question because I think everyone will give you a different answer, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Based on 
like what we've kind of been programmed to believe is successful, what we see in others, maybe what we envy sometimes in other people, which nobody should be envious of anybody. But sometimes we strive to, oh, I want this because this person, they seem successful. They have it all together. It's like, but do you really think that they do? Have you checked in with their emotions? You know? Right. <laughs> What's your credit score really look like? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so to wrap things up, um, what, what are some, some advice that you have to whether it's the parents listening right now on a spiritual path, what kind of advice would you give them? You know, and if it's not a parent, it's just somebody in general, what advice mm-hmm. would you give them to kind of get them started or get them through this, you know, crazy journey of, you know, our spirituality? I think for people who don't meditate, don't listen to frequency music and are not kind of in tune, um, with the spirituality, I think they should definitely give a shot. I think they should um, take a moment to genuinely reflect and breathe and go through the processes that may seem weird and awkward. Um, I think <laughs> that's, that's really important uh, just to try it, you know, at least for like a week and say, is this do I feel a difference? Do I notice a difference in myself and my emotions? Do I sleep better? Stuff like that. Um, for everybody else, parents specifically, I think that parents should just understand that no one knows what they're doing. We are all just out here trying our best. Uh, for the ones who are out here trying their best, we're <laughs> just trying right. to figure out day by day. And um, for the people who are more spiritually enlightened, just to continue on your path of being great within yourself and your life is going to be absolutely fantastic. Wise words from Bria. There you go. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. Uh, and thank you so much. I learned so much from talking to you today. And um, how can people find you? Where can they uh, look you up? So I am on Instagram as the invaluable brand. It is a very long name. It's okay. You guys can spell it the invaluable brand. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll put it down in the description too. So people can find you. Yeah. And Perfect. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me, dear. It's always fun to talk to you. Yes, thank you. Till next time. Thank you so much for joining me today on another episode of Vibe and High with Veronica. And remember, you can find me on Instagram under Veronica Christina Ray or on my website at veronicachristinaray.com. Until next time, remember, keep vibing high keep shining your light. Remember that the world needs your love. Thank you.